All right, today on Unknown Christian Soldiers, we are going to have uh, obviously our Unknown Christian Soldier for the day, or for this episode, uh, the interview with Empty Cross Cowboy Ministries. We just absolutely could not get a time to uh, to do that interview. We very very best efforts, uh, but it just did not come together. Uh, so we're going to try to make that happen at a later date. Uh, we got some news and information. And I got a book review, like I said I would, on Shaken by Tim Tebow. And we're going to continue our study in Ephesians. So let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before you right now and ask your blessing on this podcast. We ask you to forgive us of our shortcomings and our failings in serving you. And Father God, we ask you that we can get out of this podcast what you want us to. Allow me to say the things you want me to and portray this in a way that you want me to and not in the way that I want to. In your son's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Alright, so let's jump right into our Unknown Christian Soldier of episode 11. I got a couple of them here. I've also got a little bit of a review on another one uh, that we had in, uh, a couple episodes ago. But Christians in Nigeria are still just facing horrible attacks from Islam. Okay. Uh, just here recently, there have still been several attacks, including kidnappings, people being burned alive in front of their kids, machete attacks, gunfire, etc. I mean, it's bad. Um, and on episode 9, you know, we told you about Leah in Nigeria, and she was part of 110 people who were kidnapped. Or I think it was about 110 who were kidnapped. Uh, and she wasn't released like the rest of them because she refused to convert to Islam or renounce her Christianity, and she is still... In captivity, I, it's been—I don't even know how long now—and she is still in captivity. So please, 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 continue to pray for Leah. She's holding strong in her faith, and they're not letting her go. And they, that's the last update I had just uh, about a week ago. Is she's still in captivity? So please be praying for her. Um, now, there was one pastor who had, <clears throat> had a member of his congregation kidnapped. Um, the police didn't do anything. I mean, literally, they called the police. The police went out there to the location. The police saw them. And I don't know the specific reasons why the police didn't act, but according to the reports I'm reading online, is basically the police kind of chickened out and left. Um, so that's the two articles I read didn't mention this pastor's name. Okay, but when the police did not take action and go in there, the pastor did. Um, he actually started negotiating for the release. He got a ransom together. And with no regard for his own safety, he met the kidnappers and proceeded to the exchange. He could have been killed. I mean, there's nothing that would have stopped him from just executing him, taking the money that he had pulled together for the ransom, and then them keeping the girls. I mean, there's nothing, or even taking him as a hostage as well. There was nothing to stop that. There was no guarantee or reason for the kidnappers to keep their agreement with him. But with no regard for his own safety, he took care of his flock. He took care of those in his own church. He negotiated for the release, got the ransom together, and met them at his own peril and got the release. So uh, this unknown pastor, who's literally unknown because he's not his name isn't mentioned, he is our unknown Christian soldier for this episode 11. Uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of courage right there, especially in a, in a location where the entire climate there is just insane towards Christians. I mean, they're so hostile there, and for him to go those extra steps... To go out there and make sure that his people were taken care of. That's that's amazing. That's amazing to me. And don't forget, <clears throat> you out there are all unknown Christian soldiers as well. All of us who are out there living our life, proclaiming God's truth, 
we're all soldiers in this conflict with evil. Now, this is not a war fought with bullets, uh, but it's one fought with prayers, preaching, and perseverance. We all need to pray, not only for these highlighted unknown Christian soldiers, but also for those of us who are in the daily grind of life that still commit ourselves to serving God's call. Every day you're up, you're, you're participating in all the things that life wants to throw at you, all the, all the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you're still out there proclaiming God's word. You're still out there proclaiming God's truth. You're still out there fighting God's fight. Everyone out there in this fight is a spiritual warrior. This is a spiritual fight, so keep pushing. When people mock you, praise God that you are worthy to suffer for him. Okay. In the end, we are serving the greatest of all causes, the gospel. And in this fight, we are always behind enemy lines. So guard yourself with the armor of God. Read Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 in reference to that. I mean that every day you are behind enemy lines on this earth fighting the good fight for God. And you are a Christian soldier in this war. So pray every day that God gives you the strength to do what you need to do and the wisdom to do what you need to do. That's all. All right, so episode 11, Bible verse. <clears throat> this is our standalone Bible verse for this episode. It's going to come from Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. That is out of the King James Version. Uh, I know this is in response to those who were on the earth at that time, but we have to admit, this sounds a lot like what's going on today, and this is so true. You know, I, I don't have issues with people taking care of the environment at all. In fact, I think that's probably a good idea, but when it gets to the point where you worship the earth and environmentalism, then we have real issues, and this is the point right now. People worship the earth, celebrities, and paganism. People now see the truth as offensive and would rather believe lies than what God has to offer. And we are at that point right now to where, again, people are worshiping the created, the creature, rather than the creator. And it's a very dangerous place to be. All right, let's get some news and information here. I want to start off with some some good news here. I know some of you don't see it as good news, but I do. I think this is some really good news here. Someone who stood for values. The Bachelor. <clears throat> Contestant Madison Pruitt, who is on The Bachelor, stood up for her Christian values. Now, she promotes purity and is even saving herself for marriage. So, um, while being quote-unquote intimate on The Bachelorette is very common... Uh, and on The Bachelor, uh, this gal was not about to compromise her values and even told Peter Webb, which is the, the Bachelor for this show, uh, that if he slept with other women during the show, she was gone. I don't see why that's something that's controversial. I don't see why that would even make a news story. I mean, but honestly, in today's time, it does. Realistically, you have a TV show <clears throat> where women are competing for someone's love or men are competing for a woman's love. They're engaging in sexual relations with each other. And literally, then you're going to go propose to someone else. I mean, literally, you might have had sexual relations with a couple of other people and then go propose to a completely different person. Does no one see that as odd? 
I mean, if, if this is a dating situation, that would be called cheating and you wouldn't have anything to do with that person. So this is a really, really ridiculous scenario that's been created here. And people are, are eating it up. I, don't, I absolutely do not understand it. <clears throat> but she stood by her convictions. And she made good on her promise. And she left the show. I think that's awesome. She stood for something at a difficult moment. It had to be very, very hard to do on such a public stage. I mean, very difficult. Uh, most people will crumble under that kind of pressure. You know, the whole world's watching you. But maybe that's what helped strengthen her resolve, too, is to know that she was standing for something out there in front of the whole world. And you know what? I'm, I'm really, really proud of her. Really proud of her. <clears throat> the Born Alive Protection Act. Now, the Born Alive Protection Act was voted down again. <sighs> this act would have banned abortions at 20 weeks when the baby could purportedly fulfill pain, or feel pain. Uh, but abortion supporters claim it's too restrictive. And, of course, 41 Democrat, Democrat senators voted against the measure to help protect unborn life. Look, I don't care at what stage of life the child is in. Life has value. If that child's at 10 weeks or 6 weeks or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It still has value. It's still life. And I'm adamantly anti-abortion. The only time I feel that abortion should be even discussed with a doctor and the mom and the dad of the baby is if the mother's life is legitimately in danger of this pregnancy. Other than that, I, I just can't see a way that you would even consider it. I know people talk about rape and incest, and those are horrible things. But just do a quick Google search on that. Do a quick Google search on the number of women who regret having that abortion afterwards. Literally, the videos of the women just sobbing uncontrollably about the fact that that child was part of them. Yeah, there was... That child was also part of somebody else. But it was also part of them. And there are so many videos of them just so upset and so sobbing uncontrollably afterwards after they did it to realize that they let the actions of someone else cause them to murder their own child. And it's just, it breaks my heart to watch this when they, they kind of come to their realization, they come to their senses later. It just tears me up inside. So be praying for those people. Be praying for those people that are going through those things and have to worry about that. Be praying for them. You know, if, if, if they're in a situation where they're considering aborting their child, be praying for those people that they can kind of come to their realization that that is a life, that is something important. Um, Mission Preborn is an organization that actually gives ultrasounds to women. And 80% of women that receive an ultrasound will change their mind about having an abortion. 80%. So, uh, in fact, Todd Friel uh, on Wretched Radio, you know, he's a big proponent of that. He really supports that. Uh, so, uh, that's really where I heard about Mission Preborn first. And so, I really, I looked at the organization, I really like it. And so, if, if you want to dedicate yourself or support some, support yourself or support a cause uh, that can actually allow people to go out there and make it change, make a difference on an individual basis, on an individual level on whether or not they're going to have an abortion, that is a really good one to do. Because, again, they get down to an individual level. That person gets that ultrasound, gets to see the baby. And, again, 80% of the time, they're going to change their mind. <clears throat> again, forgive me today. I apologize. Again, we don't have editing software here. We're just, we record and go. You know, it is what it is. But now I'm kind of, I don't know if it's allergies or what, but it's killing me today. So, all right. There was a headline that came out. Uh... In fact, uh, it's from a website called Christian Headlines, and it's, you know, our pastors supporting gay marriage. And basically, uh, the article kind of broke down a few things, but when it got more in-depth, 
it made more sense. Now, we hear that 47% of mainline pastors now support gay marriage. This statistic is a little deceiving. While Presbyterian, Lutheran, and Methodist are most likely to support same-sex marriage. But among evangelical pastors, only 8% are estimated to support it. Now, this is the same as the study in 2010 that said evangelical pastors only had about 8% that would support it. So, that has not really changed. Um, but Baptist and Pentecostal are being the least likely to support gay marriage. Um, speaking of Baptist and uh, gay marriage, <clears throat> there is now a conservative Baptist network. Now, there is some con controversy happening within the Southern Baptist Convention, and I'm... I listened to some interviews on it. I listened to some news stories on it. I've done some research on it. I don't know the full. I don't know the full amount of what's going on, the full measure of what's going on over there. So I don't. I'm not going to sit here and, and make a lot of comments about things that I don't know 100 percent about. But I have a general gist of what's going on over there. Okay. But this new entity within the Southern Baptist, the CB and the Conservative Baptist Network, uh, is. It's an offshoot. They, they don't want to replace the Southern Baptist Convention is what they're saying. Um, but this is headed up by Brad Jerkovich. He's uh, head of First Baptist Church in Bossier City, Louisiana. Okay. I heard an interview with Pastor Jerkovich and Jan Markell a few days ago about this. And the Wretched Radio commented on it. And um, it's interesting. Basically what's being said is the last few annual meetings have brought a split within the Southern Baptist Convention. They're looking at adding outside doctrines to the convention's platform. You know, includes emphasis on social justice, non-biblical views on sexuality and gender roles, among other items, is what these these news sources are reporting. Uh, now, many say that the SBC is the Southern Baptist Convention is quickly moving left. You know, I'm hesitant when I say this right here because, again, there's some that say it's not. <clears throat> there's some that say it is. But here's the deal. It, it, generally it is. Because society is moving to the left. 50 years ago, we would not put up with the same thing society puts up with today. Society as a whole is moving left. The Southern Baptist Convention is just moving left with it. it just It's just further right of left than the rest of society is. But it's still heading that way because that's just the way society is going. We have to remember that while society may change, God does not. God is the same today as he was yesterday, as he was for all of eternity. Just because society is accepting of certain things in the modern age does not mean that they are wholly biblical or godly. That's it. You know, society as a whole becoming less godly, even the church, is a big, big issue for the people of today. How many people in the modern world are going to look at what's going on in the church? Especially, again, I'm providing a blanket statement here. I'm not talking about every single church, including the church that I attend. There's a lot of other churches out there that are still holding true to traditional Christian values. But there is a huge amount of them that are not. They're not preaching on certain things. They won't preach the truth because it might cause churchgoers to stop coming. You know? How often is the gospel, sin, the fact that hell is real and other aspects of God's word watered down or just completely skipped over? It's happening more and more. People are preaching unbiblical doctrines from the pulpit. 
And those that don't know any better listen to that and think that it's godly, that's acceptable, and they think that traditional Christians, those who are conservative, those who are holding true to God's biblical values, that they're bigots. These people that are getting fed the wrong word, they're not even getting true Christian, true biblical values. They're not even getting true biblical, they're not even getting true biblical word. How do we how do we rectify this? The only way we can rectify this is through prayer and through making it known in the public that hey, what's being preached in these places is not biblical. What's being preached in these places is not what God wants. You know, but it's happening everywhere in the modern church. This is simply a symptom of sin getting a stronger hold on the world minute by minute. I mean that literally, not figuratively. But as true Christians, you've got to stand up. You've got to proclaim God's word so people know what the true word is. And you've got to stand up against those who are preaching the lie. Remember, people will exchange the truth for a lie. People want to hear the lie because it sounds better to them. It tickles their ears. People want to hear the lie because it makes them feel good about themselves. These people that get up and say, God's okay with, with gay marriage, or God's okay with abortion, God's okay with this, and God's okay with that. God's not. I don't have to pretend I'm, I'm imagining what God would think, or, or I'm somehow reading into what God would want or not want. God tells you flat out in the Bible. Flat out in the Bible, God tells you that. Look at what's going on within the LGBT community. They're looking at, and they have been for a while, adding pedophilia as part of their platform. You have groups like NAMBLA. North American Man-Boy Love Association. Literally, men wanted to legalize sexual relations between them and young boys. And it's a, it's a political, a quasi-political group or an activist group that's out there trying to make this happen. And they have meetings where men and little boys get together to have meetings about it. How sick is that? How do the cops not raid that place and drag everybody out of there in handcuffs? I don't understand. I encourage this. Read Romans 1, 18 through 32. That's a little, we'll say, well, that's your homework on this particular uh, news and events I'm talking about right here. Read Romans 1, 18 through 32. Okay? Get involved in that. And uh, if y'all have anything interesting you want us to share, unknownchristiansoldiers at gmail.com. Again, the email address is unknownchristiansoldiers at gmail.com. If you see some news events, again, we can't catch everything here. We absolutely cannot. Uh, we're very busy. Again, this isn't something we make any money off of. This is something we just do because we want to get information out there. Uh, whatever money we do make, if we ever do start making some money, we want to send to our church. Our church gets very involved in uh, ministries. Our church is very involved in supporting, uh, spreading of God's word, supporting pro-life movements, etc. So, you know, any any donations we get or any support we get will go, go to that unless you specifically say you want it to support the podcast. Um, obviously that would be a different story, but everything else not specifically set aside for that will go to, to my church to help support all the things they do. Um, but if you have an event or a news story or something like that you want everyone to know about, let us know. You know, Send us an email about it. We'll get it on the podcast. I did get a new job offer. I'm supposed to start later this month if everything goes through like it's supposed to, which will allow me to get this done on a much more regular basis. Instead of being home a couple days a month, I should be home 
on a much, much more regular basis, which should allow me to uh, get this produced and put out much more often. So that should be a good thing. So, you know, don't feel like you're going to send me something and it's going to sit there for three or four months like some of these podcasts are in between before I get it out there, you know. So hopefully, again, starting next month uh, in the month of uh, April, uh, we should be able to start getting these out on a little bit more regular basis. But again, that email address is uh, unknownchristiansoldiers at gmail.com. All right, so let's get this book review on Shaken, or the full title, Shaken, Discovering Your True Identity in the Midst of Life Storms. Now, this is by Tim Tebow and A.J. Gregory. Uh, she's, I guess she's done some pretty good works as well. Uh, published in 2016 by Waterbrook Publishing. Now, this was an audiobook. I like to listen to audiobooks as well as uh, read print books due to my traveling a lot. I feel like this is a really good way to uh, get some extra reading in those times you think you can't, you know, help you enrich your life. Don't hesitate to get you an audiobook, whether you're checking out from the library or digital format. There's a lot of apps that give you free books if you have a library card, such as Libby. That's one I like a lot, or I'll check out uh, audiobooks from my library. And it's great. You know, if you have a five-hour book and you got a 30 minutes of drive time per day, you know, just listen to that book and you'll have it done in 10 days. You know, so don't don't hesitate to think that, uh, or actually. Don't think that you can't do that. Don't think that you can't add an extra book into your life every now and then. I mean, you could read a couple books or listen to a couple of books per month that way without doing anything extra. You know, just turn down the music, turn on the audiobook, and just let that be your ride to and from work. And next thing you know, you've, you've listened to several more books in a couple of months. you got 24 books a year you're listening to right there. So I highly, highly recommend that. I go through a book every couple of days, you know, in general. Uh, sometimes I need a break from them. I'll listen to podcasts for a while, but... I highly, highly recommend audiobooks. So, now this book had some great reviews. You know, people like Bon Jovi, Cam Newton, Chris Tomlin, Robin Roberts, etc. It's a great story on Tim's past, what he felt were his failures, and the plan that God had for him versus the one that he had. Now, one review that really got me was from Robbie Zacharias. I got a lot of respect for him. If you ever listen to his story, um, you'll probably have a lot of respect for him as well. But His review stated, Tim is a remarkable example of one who combines strength and boldness with kindness and compassion. And I'm always encouraged to hear how he is using his tremendous platform to share the love and truth of our Lord with those who need it most. Um, He is. Uh, Let me read an excerpt from the book, then I'm going to talk about Tim Tebow for a minute here. But here's an excerpt from the book. I realized that who I am has nothing to do with wins or losses applause, or negative criticism. It has to do with whose I am. Knowing this, I can live out what the king of ancient Israel wrote in Psalm 16.8. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. I really like Tim Tebow. I have a daughter who has special needs and is also a cancer survivor. She had stage four rhabdomyoma sarcoma. It had, uh, the tumors had gotten so large they were literally pushing her internal, internal organs out of the way and uh, crushing them. It spread to her liver, her bladder. It was, it was just, it was crazy. Uh, we didn't think she was going to live through it, but she did. With a straight up 100%, give credit where credit is due, a miracle from God. We honestly did not think she was going to live through the night when she was diagnosed. And yet, a short time later, the tumors, they were hoping to shrink the tumors enough that uh, 
they could actually remove them. They were so large they couldn't. They were hoping to shrink the tumors enough they could remove them. Uh, but after just a short period of time, the tumors shrank all the way down to such... They shrank 90-some-odd percent. I mean, they were, they were just a small little piece of dead tissue in there, and they said they weren't even going to bother opening her back up to remove them. So it was unnecessary surgery. Um, but she is also has autism. So she handled that with much more grace than I ever imagined she would. All the chemo, all the radiation. She had incredibly high doses of radiation. Um, so she lives with not only her autism, but the aftermath of, of the all the time spent in the hospital, all the time spent getting the treatments. And Tim Tebow's foundation and their night to shine is a big event for her every year. She is so happy. She's such a big fan of Tim Tebow and what he does. And I have to say I am too. The joy I see when we go there, when we see all the all the joy on these people's faces that are there, all the joy on all the individuals' faces that get to go out and have their night to shine, get to go out and have their night to have fun and enjoy themselves, is absolutely amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. I can't say enough good things about it. And there's all kinds of other things that Tim Tebow does and gets involved in. And he goes into that in his book. <clears throat> He goes into what led up to that. Um, at first, it seems like it's going to be all about his football. You know, in the book, he spends the first several chapters talking about the lows and disappointments from his professional career and even some of his personal life. You know, what I like about it is he shares it in a way that everyone can relate, though. Even if you're not a sports fan, they don't think you have to be a sports fan to enjoy this book. You know, the last few chapters are. Uh, Focus on what can happen when we focus on other than the plan that God has in store for us. Um, Tim was focused on, he talks about this book, he was focused on his plan for his life. And what he wanted to do and where he wanted the direction he wanted to take it. But God had a different plan. And uh, God's plan for his life was much more fulfilling to him than his plan ever could have been. And he, he admits that. He admits that his, God's plan for his life was much better for him than what his was. Now let me say this. This is not a book of, that's a how-to on Christian life or a study on Christian doctrine. It's not. However, it is a story that we all can relate to and one that can help us see how to focus on God's plan and the success he has for us. Even when failure seems to be a regular occurrence. Failure has been a regular occurrence in my life. And Tim talks about regular failures and occurrences in, in his life. But he also talks about the plans God had for him. He talks about the prison ministry he's involved in. And one night when he went to a prison, and he, he kind of felt like leaving. You know, he's, he's tired. He's kind of ready to call it a day. But God called him and his friend to push a little further into something. And they discovered someone that God had waiting for them. Literally, God had waiting on them in that prison. One of the most moving stories you'll ever hear is it's a small story in the book. There was someone in that prison, I don't want to spoil it, but there was someone in that prison literally waiting for them to show up. God had it already and sorted out. Uh, he talks about how he felt like his football career 
not going the way he wanted it to was just such a huge failure in his life. Now that was that was his goal, that was his everything. You know, but then once he actually was able to move on from that and God revealed the other things he had in store for him, how much more fulfilling it was, like I said. And uh, he talks about his, his background a little bit, too, in the second half of the book. He talks about his life as a teenager, how his parents were missionaries, and some other facts that I wasn't aware of. You know, the things that he got involved in. Some very, very touching stories of children in other countries. Very, very touching stories. I mean, this is such a good book. I can't recommend it enough. You know, um, I don't do rating systems of stars or something like that. But if I did, if I had a rating system of stars, this would be a five-star book. Uh, I mean, this is really that good. I recommend everybody get this book and read it. It's really good. Okay. I want to pose a challenge to listeners. Email me your thoughts on the next few statements so we can talk about them. Okay. Here's the statement. If I was the only one who ever sinned, Christ still would have came down and died for me. It may be true, but we don't know that for sure. And Tim Tebow does make this statement in his book. And I'm not saying at all that Tim is wrong here. I'm just saying is, I don't know. I don't really see in the Bible where it, it says it or doesn't say it. Okay, so I want some discussion on this. Email us, unknownchristiansoldiers at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Tell us what your thoughts are. Give us some Bible verses. Let's hear it. Okay, now while C.S. Lewis made a statement like this in a fictional book, this was not a Bible commentary. I know St. Augustine of Hippo was credited with saying something similar. There is not evidence in the Bible that I have seen to support this. Don't misunderstand me. This very well may be 100% true. However, we must be very careful when making a blanket statement like that. But I also want to get us discussing this. Let's get a discussion going about this. I'd love to put your comments on the air. You know, If you have the Anchor app, you can actually go on there and record me a message I can play on the air about this. Okay, It'd be, it'd be great. I would love to hear what everyone has to say about this. Okay? Now, it may or may not be true. But we can't support a biblical evidence okay, that I have seen, so we have to be careful about it. Um, we know what God did when there were two. When there were two people who sinned, when two people who messed up, we knew God was going to send a Savior, but we also knew that they were going to produce offspring and fill the earth. Okay? Uh, and people not having a sin nature, he knew. God knew that was going to happen. And God knew they would have a, do something stupid and screw up and have a sin nature. And he knew all their offspring would have a sin nature. And he knew the world would need a Savior. In fact, the Bible, almost from the very beginning, points fact it does from the very beginning point to the need of a savior someone to cover our sins even from from when adam and eve screwed up in the garden of eden and ate of the fruit god had to cover their shame cover their sin and the rest of the bible is is this this whole work this whole collection of books the bible is almost a library just a collection of books that point towards a savior that point towards the coming Messiah, his time on earth, his birth, life, ministry, death, and resurrection. Others proclaiming the gospel to the world. And of course, it concludes in Revelation with what will happen in the end times. So, give us an email on your thoughts. UnknownChristianSoldiers at gmail.com But again, overall, I highly recommend this book. I, I can't recommend it enough. Um... You can find it on, on different apps out there. I'm sure you can find it at your local library if you want to check it out. But I highly recommend you get it.
All right, so let's continue our study in Ephesians. Uh, today we're going to be reviewing Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Uh, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know that it is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places? far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all now this is a prayer from Paul this particular section uh, you notice in your Bible, typically it has its own heading. If it's if it's sectioned out like that, it'll have its own heading, and this will be a section all of its own. And this is a prayer uh, from Paul. And there's a lot of good commentaries out there. In fact, I'm going to read a portion of one. We're going to listen to one as well. Um, but here's a portion of commentary from what's called eSword. It's it's a online, or it's a downloadable or online Bible you can get. And this is a portion of... Uh, of their commentary on this, and this is specifically to verse 21 and 22. Notice the emphasis uh, with which the apostle confirms the supremacy of Christ's nature. This is a psalm of ascension. We can almost follow his tracks as all of the evil powers which rule the darkness of this world drop far beneath him. That's an interesting commentary on this. You know, um, there's, Even though this is only a few verses and it's specifically a prayer, there's still quite a bit to unpack in this. Um, so let's go ahead and listen to some commentary here. Again, this is from the U- a YouTube channel um, called Desiring God, and this is an individual known as Pastor John. Uh, this is some commentary he has on, uh, I believe it's uh, verse 18 here. In the first 15 verses of Ephesians, Paul laid out the, the magnificent saving work of God from eternity to eternity. Um, and then in verse uh, 15 he or 16, he turns from theology to prayer. It's a beautiful example of how we need both theology, verses 1 to 15, and then divine, supernatural, spiritual illumination in verse 16 to the end of chapter 1. Just a beautiful example of how to go about seeing and savoring the glories of, of God. So here's, here's the key text that she's referring to. Start at verse 17. I pray that God... That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know, and then he mentions three things, and she's asking about the second one. One, what is the hope to which He has called you? Or literally, what is the hope of His calling? Two, What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Three, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe 
according to the working of his great might. That's Ephesians 1, 17 to 19. And Christina's question is, what does this phrase mean? The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Does it mean that God inherits us, saints, or does it mean that we, the saints, will have an inheritance from God? And I think the correct interpretation is the second one, namely the inheritance is given by God and is in or among the saints. We receive it into our midst and in our hearts. I don't think Paul means that God gets us as an inheritance. And there are at least four reasons why I think this. Number one, Paul is praying that the saints would have the eyes of their heart enlightened to grasp the majesty and glory and riches and wonder of the things he's been talking about. And just before the prayer, we read this. In him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That's verse 14, just before the prayer begins. So the most immediately near reference to an inheritance is not God getting one, but giving one to us for his glory. So I think it would be natural to think that's what he's praying about, that we would grasp that inheritance. Number two, second reason for thinking it's God giving an inheritance rather than getting one. If we look at... Um, what comes later as a possible help and uh, filling in of a description of what the inheritance is, I think we find it in chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Here, see if you don't think so. He raised us up with him and seated us with him, with Christ, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So what he calls the riches of the glory of his inheritance in verse 18 of chapter 1, I think he describes in chapter 2 verse 7 as the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us. In other words, the riches of the glory of the inheritance is what he gives us, not what, what he gets. Third reason, if we focus on the, the three specific realities that Paul wants us to see with the eyes of the heart and grasp in a profound way, it turns out that he uses the very same wording with regard to each of them as to whether they come from God or go toward God. For example, the hope, he wants us to see the hope of his calling. Two, the glory of his inheritance. Three, the greatness of his power. Now that's a significant level of symmetry or of parallel. And I think it would really, really, it would be really strange if the modifier his had a different meaning in regard to the inheritance than it has in regard to the calling and the power. It's his calling in the sense that he gives it. It's his power in the sense that he has it and gives it. And it's his inheritance in the sense that he gives it. That's argument number three. And finally, uh, if you do a word study 
and look up all the places, which I did, where Paul uses the word inheritance or inherit or heir, we find that in all of Paul's uses of these words, they never refer to God inheriting or God's receiving an inheritance or God's being an heir. So I conclude that Paul in Ephesians 1.18 is talking about the riches of the glory of the inheritance God has laid up for the saints. All right. So I thought that was some pretty good commentary there on, uh, specifically it was a question that was asked of Pastor John. Again, that was Pastor John on his uh, YouTube channel there, Desiring God. And that particular video is entitled Ephesians 1.18, Who Received the Riches of Heaven? Uh, it was a question that was posed to him by one of his listeners, and uh, that was his response to that. It was specifically about the, the riches of heaven there in, in verse 18. But it's a good commentary on it. And again, uh, I recommend go out there and seek out those other those other resources that can give you some good information on, on these verses whenever you're trying to get into it. Uh, sometimes someone else has already done a really good job explaining it and gives you all the information you need. But again, still get in your Bible. You know, it doesn't hurt to get into your Bible and double check stuff. You know, it doesn't get hurt to get into your Bible or to listen to other pastors, other Bible teachers, and let them give you some good information as well to make sure that what you're getting is 100% correct. But always bounce it off your Bible to make sure what they're saying sounds good. So let's go ahead and close out today. Um, I apologize. I know this wasn't our best podcast. You know, we're doing the best we can here. I was supposed to do this last night, but yesterday afternoon I got a phone call saying, grab your stuff and go from my company. So, you know, I had a couple hours to get my stuff, do some shopping, get out of there. So I couldn't finish my prep work or my recording last night. So I'm doing it this morning, uh, after not getting much sleep. So again, I, I apologize very sincerely that, uh, we couldn't have a little better production on this today. Uh, also we were hoping to get it out last night instead of this morning. Uh, but let's go ahead and close this out in prayer. Father God, thank you for allowing us to make this and put it out there. I hope you allow your Holy Spirit to come down on the listeners. Allow them to get out of it what you want them to. Allow them to get the understanding that you want them to, Father. Pour out your blessings on us and our listeners. Pour out your blessings on your church. Allow us to be strengthened to go out there and spread your word. And always remind us to show love and kindness even to those who don't show it to us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. God bless. We'll see you all next time.